1: Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have like a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the
0: Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. (laughs) You talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple
1: Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts.
2: Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1 a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere.
1: What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to Laker Film Room Podcast, brought to you by BetOnline.ag and DealDash. I'm Pete, joined as always by Darius. And the Lakers have clinched the number one seed in the Western Conference, defeating the Utah Jazz, 116-108. And Darius, I want to start the show. I want to talk a little crap. As much as I can, as in uh, considering my employment situation. If AD is not the defensive player of the year, the defensive player of the year was not on the court tonight. I could. I'd be willing to listen to an argument for Giannis. If you get cooked on the perimeter like that, and by by design, by like, oh, we're going to target you. We're going to run screen and rolls where you're forced to be stretched out. You're not the best defensive player in the league. You're just not. Is oh, is it my turn? I mean, I I got plenty more to say. I just I want to want to let that breathe a little bit. I.
2: I was waiting for the ramp up, so you know, because because I'm used to, uh, I'm so I'm used to our early pods where the rants, right? They would sort of
1: go. My rants. Catch that momentum. You've got a lot of nerve, UMF, you for talking about my rants on this podcast going for too long. You've got to be
2: kidding me. This is an ominous start.
1: I'm about to podcast. drop 40 on you, like Anthony Davis on Gobert. <laughs> Jesus, my Let rants. Let me just. Let me
2: just say that a I do not think Gobert is going to win Defensive Player of the Year. No, I think it'll be Giannis. I I do think it's going to be Giannis. I think that um, <clears throat> he has enough sort of support out there. I I do think though that Gobert is going to finish ahead of Anthony Davis in May. the voting. So I do think the way that you started this pod is is appropriate. It was it was wonderful to see Davis, like the contrast between Davis and Gobert this game defensively and the ask for both of them in their unique setups within their team structure. So for at the start of each half, Anthony Davis was not Put in a position b- to succeed by his coaches. He was told to go out there and defend Royce O'Neal. Mm-hmm. The Jazz expertly then put Anthony Davis in tag positions mm-hmm. in the pick and roll, where he was basically the weak side wing help. Yes, so but he this was wasn't asked,
1: an, that was an AD's fault. That was Javale.
2: No, but, so yeah, I'm no. saying he was Davis was put in an... in. In inopportune position right. by his coaches. Got and, it. By design. And by design b- based off of matchups, right? So, like, in theory, they could have told AD, go out there and play at the point of attack against Gobert, mm-hmm. right? And the Lakers and the Jazz still would have had to have run a bunch of picks will pick and roll, except they would have picked on JaVale McGee's help defense instead, mm-hmm. right? Instead, though, Frank Vogel put Anthony Davis on Royce O'Neal. The Jazz then forced AD to tag on the roll, then closed back out to Royce O'Neal, and then AD did did his best, but, but that's a tough closeout, and then... And then dropping his hips to slide, and the Lakers got in rotation
1: very but, early. I mean, that, that happens when you've got to tag hard, especially on Gobert. Gobert is obviously a lob threat, right? He's a roll yep. threat. Uh, and so you've got to tag hard on that and then close out the best you can. Yep, all, you got, all you can do is close out as quickly as you can and get a hand up, and he did. So
2: the inverse of that, though, is the Lakers basically said, here, Rudy Gobert— You have to defend Anthony Davis in all of his glory. And Mm -hmm. it was not some strategic thing. Gobert actually defended Davis most most of the game. And in the early goings, when JaVale was on the court or when the Lakers had two bigs on the floor— Gobert's job was a little bit easier. The floor was shrunk a little bit more. It was the same sort of issues that the Lakers have had against the Clippers and against the Raptors, right? When they were playing two, well, two bigs. But once it was sort of mano-a-mano and it was lone big man on the floor against lone big man on the floor, Anthony Davis... Basically, took Rudy Gobert's lunch, and he did it on both sides of the floor. Mm-hmm. He did it offensively by taking it to the reigning defensive player of the year, mm-hmm. and then defensively, he took Gobert out out of the game for well for the most part. And then on top of that, he switched and he defended them. Will well, the perimeter, he was rotating all over the floor and forcing steals and deflections. And he was just the superior overall player, clearly, mm-hmm. right? That's why Anthony Davis is mentioned as a top five player and Rudy Gobert will probably make an all-NBA team, maybe second or third team, right? But Davis was also the better defensive player mm-hmm. this game, and... And when the Lakers are going to have the better defensive big man in a game against the Jazz, right, Mm -hmm. then they're not going to lose this matchup. And it's one of the reasons why the Lakers have looked overwhelmingly superior to the Jazz
1: this season. Really it's the two big lineups that kind of spot them a chance. And then when we got AD at the five, like we've just smoked them. And no, the first game of the season, remember, mm-hmm. like
2: in the second half, Frank Vogel went to one of his first or sort of early season adjustments by pulling JaVale out of the starter starting lineup and put Caruso. Caruso. In. Mm-hmm. And that was like what, like the third or second game. game of the season? Second game yes. of the year. Mm-hmm. Even earlier than that. Yeah. Right? So second game of the season. And that again put the A D go Bear matchup front and center and and A D controls that matchup every yeah, single I time. I mean
1: right. And all all they can do is hope that AD doesn't make wide open threes. Speaking of wide open threes, boy, I uh, I can't tweet the things I want to tweet anymore. But uh, our shooting it had been killing me before that second half. It was good to see them kind of get on track. You got any concerns about our kind of our slow start from the perimeter?
2: Um yes and no. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Um I do think the Lakers are going to start to hit some of the like like of these shots. Um I do wonder if and who knows if we'll get enough data on this um whether or not the sort of shooting background that this gym offers is just going to be tricky for some of the Lakers shooters. I'm not exactly sure if that's going to be the case or not, you know, it does not seem to bother like Kyle Kuzma. Mm -hmm. um,
1: Or other team, the Clippers hit like what, 24 threes in a game, 25 threes or something the other day. Like Anthony Davis has been shoe shooting the three. Well, which is great news, Mm -hmm.
2: right? Kyle Kuzma has been shooting. Um, Everyone else, mm, not mm-hmm. so much, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it was nice to see KCP hit a couple today, or he mm-hmm. hit one, one really like pull up off the dribble, three, Going which, left. which I thought mm-hmm. was was important when, um, in in that pick and roll where Gobert went went under or was in drop coverage, sure, sure, right? And those are important shots. Mm-hmm. Those are playoff shots too, right? And, and so those are important. I would like to see. Danny Green, get going. Mm-hmm. I would like to see Caruso hit you. You know, a couple of shots. Um, I think these games would be much easier, man, if yeah. these guys were hitting threes.
1: LeBron but too, I, right? LeBron got hot a little bit uh, at the end, but his his jumper's been off too.
2: You you know Vogel's point before this game or after the last game about I like the shots that we're creating so I'm less worried about the results right now. Like, the process seems fine, basically, mm-hmm. is is what he's saying. And, and I agree with him there. It's just, this is a pretty short runway before the playoffs start. Um, there's only five more games after this, and then it is the postseason. And it'd be nice to start to build some rhythm with these guys. The Lakers have a bunch of hot and cold Type of guys, and Mm -hmm. and so this could just be a cold stretch. Um, How concerned are you? Because I know there's some concern. So I'm concerned about that.
1: Like, I'm concerned about that variance because all it takes is a three, four game stretch of cold at the wrong time. And like, the, the frustrating part about a lot of these shots. It was good to see Danny Green attacking closeouts and being successful off of that in this game. I thought they cha- like there weren't a lot of shots where I was like, "Oh, he should have taken that shot." And I don't, I don't think he got many attempts. I'm not looking at the box score, but uh, he only got a couple of three point attempts in this game. But he attacked closeouts pretty well. Hit hit some floaters. He's got some good old man game on that where he's uh, he was successful on on those type of looks. But that super high variance we've got a lot of those super high variance guys where we're going to have to hope that like there's one guy shooting four for five to cancel out the 0 for five guy on yeah. any given night. And that Vogel is correctly choosing who's who on any given night. Cause that's going to change from one night to another. So I think our shooters are kind of a, a whack-a-mole really the, the outside shooting. I feel like if AD and LeBron are shooting fairly well, everything else is going to take care of itself cuz they're going to be the guys that have the like LeBron has that shot whenever he wants. You know, this is LeBron especially, but those yeah. threes, they're and he had a little stretch and uh after AD dominated that third quarter, LeBron was like, "All right, I'm I'm going to try to score on these fools and and just dominated the first 6 minutes of that fourth quarter especially." And that's something that um I, I really think, you know, we can talk about all the role guys and all that. Really, LeBron's jumper, if LeBron's jumper is hitting, I think we're in great shape.
2: Yeah, so you brought up if LeBron and AD have it going from, from three, that's super important. LeBron two for five, mm-hmm. 40%, that's great. Anthony Davis was four for eight. Nice. So that's great. Not only from a percentage standpoint and from a total make stand standpoint, but even from an attempt standpoint.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, that's a shot um, that's open against Gobert.
2: Yeah, right? that's, a, like, that's a bit of a high number. I'd mm-hmm. probably like it closer to like five to six. I, I but, would in a
1: but, normal game, but not in this game. He had eight open shots. He wasn't taking the hardest three that he took was that step back where he got the four point play yeah so like these are open shots man if you're gonna have that open shot i want ad taking that every time
2: take it with confidence and he took it with confidence Mm -hmm. this game and that is important so i agree with you there uh and kyle kuzma was two for three Mm -hmm. right great kuzma's been shooting the hell out out of the ball really since like they got to orlando Mm -hmm. after that first game Mm -hmm. he's been playing really well um didn't have a great game today, but but he still played a pretty solid overall game. And I thought he was key in that stretch of the fourth quarter. And then he went to the bench, and then he came back in, and they closed with him. Mm-hmm. And I think Vogel going back to him was indicative of the type of game that he had played and the type of lineup that they wanted to close with right so i thought that was important but you know you look at the rest of these guys KCP one for 3 you were right about Danny Green he was only 0 for 1 mm-hmm. from from behind the arc so only one one attempt um yeah man just look Caruso was 0 for 1 Waiters was 0 for 2 JR Smith was 0 for 2 so the Lakers
1: Wait, Waiters yeah, Island yeah. had some stormy weather on it today. Yes, uh, yes. Let's do this. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, let's talk a little bit about the, um, yeah, the role players on the roster, right? We, sure. we uh, And kind of what we've seen from those new guys, especially now that we've got a few real games under our belts. So let's take a break. We'll be right back to talk about that. Have you ever heard of deal It's a bidding site where you can win things you'd never expect at a price you'd never believe. They have over a thousand auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every item starts at $0 and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that the auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means that every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, DealDash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign-up, on top of their other discounts. Go to DealDash.com and use the offer code LAKERS20 or DealDash.FM backslash LAKERS20. That's D-E-A-L-D-A-S-H dot F-M backslash LAKERS20. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is finally kicking off this week, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, BetOnline. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ Robert Horry. See what they had to say on what it's like to be playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit BetOnline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's one word, promo code BLUEWIRE. Bet online, your online wagering experts. All right, so before we get into the, the new guys, actually, uh, Darius brought up a good point. Uh, we need to talk about the bigs, right? Dwight and Javelle have both been struggling, right? It's, it's not been a great start for them. Uh, wh- what are you seeing from our, our bigs, Darius? So first,
2: let me say Dwight was good in the, Dwight was good today, I thought. You you know. Um overall he hasn't had the same sort of like he hasn't been playing on the on the balls of his feet as much. That's so a really good a observation. Little, mm-hmm. So he's been playing a little flat footed. He's still athletic and he can still get get up there and challenge shots, but you notice it when he sinks in his stance when a guard comes off the pick and roll. Like, his fr- Dwight always does like to reach, so... Mm-hmm. He he's likes got great to hands. To try- mm-hmm. Yes, and so he likes to sort of disrupt the player's handle some, but when he's on the balls of his feet, he can reach and slide mm-hmm. at the same time to contain, and you'll notice... Guards are sort of getting into his body, coming off of the screen a little bit more, and he's getting... And he's drawing, and Dwight's committing fouls.
1: He's getting that beat way. to his outside leg too, right? Which so yeah. when you're hedging a little bit higher as a big man, your job is to send him back toward the screener and toward the guard, right? Like if if the rule is like if the guard splits the screen, that's the fault of the guard, right? Of, of the defensive guard. But if you get beat outside leg, outside leg, that's the fault of the hedging big, and that's happened a few times because the help, like send him toward the help. It's just basic defensive basketball, right? And he's. I, yeah. That's a really good observation about not being on the balls of his feet. And and so he
2: has not been as good as he was before the restart. Um, but he was playing, to me, at a fairly high level before the restart. So it's not the biggest concern to me in terms of the difference to what he's been overall over the course of the three games um, that have counted this the seeding games versus where where he was before. I would like to see him sort of get more life in his legs a little bit, but I'm more concerned with Javale mm-hmm. at this point. Um, Our starting lineup's been bad, like flat yes. out bad. And I don't know, I don't know where to like put that necessarily. The thing that stands out to me the most is that. Um, not to necessarily put this all on Javale,
1: but things just aren't clicking as right. much. Well there's a domino a- effect too, right? Like it's not just him, it's him alongside A D and the other four the other three guys, right?
2: Yeah, so so the chemistry and the rhythm just isn't the same there. JaVale's been, um but I'm gonna pick on JaVale here a little bit, so sorry, JaVale. Um he's been late on rotations, um He hasn't been as active Mm -hmm. offensively, like, in terms of getting to the offensive glass. and, And, like, his first move isn't as quick. So he is reacting more. JaVale's the type of sort of quick twitch athlete where when he's really got it going, it's because his motor is really revving and he is just sort of beating guys to spaces based off of his length and and short area quickness right and he and he can run in long strides and he's and he really changes ends well going in both directions both offensively to defensively and defensively to offensively to sort of get out there and finish in the open court and there's just not been a lot of that in Orlando so far and It's problematic, man, like the Lakers feel like they're in a rut to start each game. And then, you know, Kuzma, Caruso, Waiters, they like they come in the game and AD moves up to center. There's just more juice with that, right? And JaVale's the type of guy where his impact on the game is going to be juice, and, and if he's not a guy that's bringing that level of, of just sort of almost manic energy to the way that he's going, going to play, then it's noticeable. The difference is so drastic between what that second unit looks like when JaVale goes out. And it's like, man, you need more life than this. And, and I, I'm not saying like, oh, make a change. Right, that like that's not what what I'm saying. But that starting unit, it needs to play will will play better. And I think of all of the guys, um, in in well, in terms of difference from what they were before the season got shut down to what they are now, the biggest. Like, the biggest gap between that is JaVale right now. So that means to me he's not getting downhill. It means he's not attacking the offensive glass. It means he's not running the court as well. Like, JaVale isn't a guy where they're running plays for him. Right. And so if, if his shot attempts are low, it's because the energy and the effort to get to the spots on the floor where he's making himself available to receive passes, that stuff isn't there. Right. And, and, and that's where you know that there's something going on, or he had a rough night, or whatever it is. But he didn't. He didn't have it tonight, and, and it was pretty obvious.
1: Yeah, and that brings me to the kind of in between situation that we're in, right? Like normally we'd be. Talking about oh Lakers just clinched and there's five games left. Let's start sitting starters and resting guys. But obviously the the layoff and all of that, this is more of a ramp up situation. So we're kind of in this in-between space, right? So what are some of the ways where you think we can get some value out of these last five games that will be help you know, that'll contribute toward how we perform in the playoffs?
2: I mean, I still think some of these guys need their wind. LeBron actually looked a little winded at times this game. I don't know if you caught that, but there were a couple of. I don't know if you were watching the Spectrum feed or if you were watching the ESPN feed. I was on the ESPN feed today. And so they had a couple of bent shots of LeBron when he came out out of the game. And he just looked a little bit like, oh, this is when he's coming out of the game with like at the seven minute mark of like a quarter, right? Mm -hmm. And he was. Breathing a little heavier than what I thought he might based off of what the flow of the game was like in that yeah. particular moment when, yeah. when he went, went out. Um, LeBron's obviously a super conditioned athlete and no one's going to call him out, out of shape or anything close to that. He's obviously in great physical condition. But there's a, there's a difference between that and having your basketball wind. And, you know, Lakers are playing, have been playing every other day. They've got a back-to-back this week, right? They've got a stretch, I think, of three games in four days. Um, So I do think there's an element of these guys still need to get their wind a little bit. And I also do think that, yes, like, it's time to start to figure out what the rotation is going to look like. There's something I wanted to ask you about in terms of the rotation stuff um do you think that losing rondo and now the role that waiters has has been playing an offshoot of that to me has been that we've been actually getting a bit more caruso with ad minutes than the caruso minutes that he was going that he used to get with lebron like Caruso used to play more at Mm. the start of the Mm -hmm. second quarter.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He
2: hasn't been Mm -hmm. as much in these three restart games. And he's actually been coming in with waiters very early in that sub process when LeBron goes to the bench. And he's been finishing out the quarter. And then it's been waiters who's been wrapping around the quarter and not Caruso with LeBron at least that's how it was against the Jazz and Mm -hmm. so I'm just wondering if you see Vogel is this like experimenting a little bit or do you think that they're going to get back to that LeBron Caruso pairing you know as as being more of a thing does it concern you is it something to look for the next few games what like like where are you at with that
1: I actually think that if you looked up, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, that we would see that LeBron and Crusoe are playing about the same number of minutes together as they were before. LeBron or Crusoe is just playing more minutes as a result of Bradley and Rondo being out. So he is spending more time. Outside of being on the court with LeBron, but he's ending those second quarters. He's closing games alongside LeBron, just as he did before. But now he's getting 23 minutes, 25 minutes, 27 minutes, as opposed to 14, 16, 18 type of minutes
2: right no today he almost played 23 against the jazz so that's a good point
1: yeah so i i just think that it's more i mean there's there's something to that and i do think there's an element of experimentation uh you you added me on twitter in a conversation with yourself and Modacle where he was talking about like i don't think dion and jr should be playing together and you're like neither do pete and i right and and i think that's some degree of the experimentation of what's going on um with I'm I'm curious what's going on with with Morris. I'd like I to I was going to ask you. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: I was going to ask you about that.
1: Yeah, um he was playing really good ball. Um you know, so I'm hoping that over the last few games, I think he's an important piece for us that he's another one of the guys who could legitimately close a game for us in the yep. right matchup and all of that. So, he's a guy that I would love to see in the last 5 games get a little more burn.
2: You know, one of the things that I've been thinking about in terms of Morris's lack of minutes um, is, A, you know, he came to the bubble late, and it mm-hmm. could still be mm-hmm. some some of that stuff, right? So I don't want to go too far into speculation mode with anything around where he's at physically or anything like that, because um, he got pretty good minutes against the Raptors, Um <laughs> One of the things is, though, is both the Jazz and the Clippers, they went sort of guard and wing heavy in their second units. And, um, for example, the Jazz tonight, they don't really have a real power forward. Mm-hmm. like th- th- So Dudley played a couple of minutes tonight. I thought that could have been an opportunity to get Morris in the game, but mm-hmm. they went to Dudley instead. Mm-hmm. That said, when other teams are playing like three guard lineups rather than playing like a two big lineup potentially, or like a stretch big where you may want to get Morse in the game. I think it's going to skew the lineup towards playing an extra guard instead. Mm. And I actually, what I've been thinking about, and it's something I would love for someone to ask Vogel about is sort of that, That J.R. Smith, Markeith Morris, like, they may be splitting time based off of matchups, depending on if Hmm. there's another guard in the game versus if there's another forward in the game. Because there were times where it's just like Kuzma had to guard, like, Jordan Clarkson. Sure. Right? And if... And that meant that J.R. Smith was on another guard, and then Dion Waiters was on another guard. And then if you're playing Morris at that point instead of Smith, like who is Morris guarding mm-hmm. at that point? Right? Like it gets tricky and I'm not sure if Vogel trusts him necessarily to say like, Oh yeah, you're gonna go out there and chase. Like, sure, Like, I think he has to play more of like, okay, you have a traditional power forward. To yeah, he's a four or
1: five. It, like, if you're going to play him at a different position, it's going to be at the five spot. I do think there's an argument. I think Kuzma gives us an interesting versatility with his defense. Now, uh, I've been propping up his defense and rightfully so. He can be a little bit susceptible to guards still because he, so he's got great hips. He's great at opening up his hips. And so he can expose a top foot, and drop and open up his hips and cut a guy off and then drop him again because now the other foot's exposed as the top foot. But he's able to turn his hips very quickly and that's something he, we saw that against Kawhi. We saw that uh, against Siakam had some good possessions. But like Kyle, Kyle Lowry really gave him, you know, did a number on him and drew drew fouls specifically on him. Yeah. But that's part of the game, right? That's the most efficient way to score. So, um, but I do think that Kuz. Can handle most like two threes, especially bench unit type guys. So I think there's yeah. an argument to be made that that's totally fine that Kuzma was defending Jordan Clarkson, right? It's not like Jordan Clarkson had a great game. A lot of that was Jordan Clarkson's doing. But uh, like, I, there's also, there's the whole like, am I locked in here with you or are you locked in here with me type thing, right? Like, let Jordan Clarkson defend Kyle Kuzma let yeah. the, if they're going to go to those smaller lineups Kuzma is an interesting pivot point where like I feel like you get more from like it's a better matchup for Kuz than it is for the guy across from him so what I'd like to see in those lineups where teams are going small I think those are our 80 at the 5 type lineups with Morris at the 4, Kuz at the 3 and then say Caruso and Waiters if we're talking bench lineups. And now we've we've gone small, but we're not but we have an advantage in terms of size, right? We've got a fairly big front court that can switch. Morris though is the guy in that trio where like I'm fine with Kuz defending the perimeter ad of course can morris do it we haven't seen enough of him for me to feel confident about that
2: yeah i'd probably trust morris more on guys who are like three fours who Mm -hmm. fashion themselves as guys who are going to hand handle the ball out there some but are more in like the six eight to six ten range Mm -hmm. than i do some of these shifty guys but um, morris's ability
1: Morris's ability to play the five spot—he's an underrated small ball five—and we saw some minutes from him there. You've you've got some versatility there between him and AD, right? Where who is Morris defending? Is it going to be the big man, quote unquote? And then AD is the guy that's in those positions to be you know switching out and putting him in that spot a little bit more often. I think that I think you can get away with it. I don't think that that's always going to work. Some and but I think that speaks to the versatility of the rosters that sometimes then maybe it's a J.R. Smith game. Sometimes it's a Dwight Howard game, yeah. or sometimes it's a Marquise Morris type of game. And and we've really got someone who did does something that can counter what the defense, uh, or what the other team is doing.
2: Yeah, no, that's, that's definitely a great point, and it's going to be, I just think it's going to be something to watch in terms of whether Morris becomes a fixture in the lineup, or whether he is a guy who is matchup dependent right like mm-hmm. and um and I think that's going to be true too of J.R. Smith and I think that 10th man in the rotation might be not necessarily up for grabs but but will be more matchup dependent and it won't be the same guy that's in there every single night and on a certain level like that's a shame for Morris like overall I think Morris is a better player than J.R. Smith at this point of their careers um Smith probably offers more pop and like potential for outburst um offensively but um he made a couple of defensive mistakes mm-hmm. in in his shift this game like his first half shift that um that's been a trend in Orlando for him um a missed rotation here you know not necessarily matching up in transition the way that he needed to um when it's time to scramble, does he know where to scramble to Caruso knows where to scramble? Danny green knows where to scramble. Like every other player who's been on the team, they, they know where to scramble. Jared Smith has not been on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gets lost sometimes out there defensively. There was a play against the Raptors in fact, where, um, and it was funny because it gave me Cavs flashbacks because, toronto ran almost like a floppy action right like underneath the basket and J.R. smith saw his man like he left he was going to go to the other side of the court and and lebron was the guy who his man was going to come and set that cross screen for J.R. smith's man and J.R. smith just yelled out switch and lebron was not <laughs> having that because that's not mm-hmm. what the lakers do nope. like the lakers do not switch that floppy action they chase that's that's their job right and and so lebron just kept going and Le, and jr saw that lebron did not switch even though that is jr's call too like switch that that's his call and lebron mm-hmm. straight up ignored him and jr mm-hmm. got on his horse and ran and Like, I can't remember exactly what happened, but it it was just a reminder that, like, there are no shortcuts defensively on this team. And the new guys are going to have to learn that there aren't shortcuts defensively on this team. And I'll be interested to see if that impacts how the rotation plays out, because these games are going to start to have real meaning in, you know, a week and a half. Or so mm-hmm. and, and what that means for the guard rotation, what that means for the rotation overall, and who you can trust and lean on, those are decisions Vogel's really going to have to make over these next five to six games, like into the start of the first round of the playoffs. Because I do not think once you get into the late first round and then into the conference semis and potentially the conference finals and then the finals, that you can have uncertainty Mm -hmm. at that point
1: that's right and that's again the value of clinching the number one seed when the Lakers have uh now now it's official and uh we've got you know OKC coming up and then we've got a very interesting game against Houston I think that's the last game of the season where I'm going to be like yeah I'm going to be taking some some conclusions from this right because we didn't look good against them and the last time and I think that a, a matchup against them is good uh, it's good practice. It's good, uh, you know. Let's see. Let's see where we can test out the the perimeter of of their defense, right? And see where we can poke some holes in it. Um, and so that's going to be the one game left. But yeah, Lakers fifty one and. 15 clinched that number one seed uh ad drops 42 in a 116 108 went over the the utah jazz got five games left and then then the playoffs start but uh we'll be back with you on thursday we're gonna have a special guest uh darius will not be here but we'll have uh our, our guy joey ramirez filling in uh but until then you've been listening to laker film room podcast we will catch you guys next time
0: Ainge has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy.
1: Tip to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. There's
2: Magic
0: got it. Magic fires. It's Will anyway, the Lakers win the game. The Lakers win the game. Gamble in and out. The ball is tipped and it's saved. Three seconds left. Here's Van Exel. This is for the win. He got it. Kobe Bryant, 48 points, 16 rebounds by cover with his eighth shot that ties an NBA Finals record. A lot of Laker fans I'm sticking guessing, around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed—a Laker to get MVP you're chance right, in, Boston. in Boston. Of all places. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I know, Red Arbach is uh, rolling over. Kobe. Hard to believe. Are Duck you kidding it. me? Unreal! Are you kidding me? How strong was that? A triple on a fall away in the corner with a shot lockdown. down. Lakers by three. Bryant spinning in the lane. Back for Gasol. A pretty pass. And it's back to a three-point game. And the critical part was Pietro's jogging back didn't bounce the floor. It's a two-for-one situation. Kobe Bryant picked up by foul There's the move. Two, one, miss it! Unbelievable. Ryan. Yes. And that was a little tough to Albert Gentry. That insulting <laughs> injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me?